You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. y'all it's your boy zeus and we're back again for another fantastic episode of blunt talk got one of my favorites in today my girl katie say hello hello all right y'all this is gonna be one for the books i am telling you before we get started before we jump into everything that we got for you today we want to let you know all right that no matter where you are right now okay no matter what you're going through, no matter what cards life has handed you, you are enough and you matter, okay? You are blessed, chosen, and highly favored if you can hear the sound of my voice and you deserve happiness and good things above all else. So we're going to start with that because that's the love that we lead yeah. with. Yeah. We also understand here at Blunt Talk that sometimes life gets hard, Right? And you may need somebody to talk to who's not family, friends, whatever. And we understand that. So we've got a resource here for you. The National Suicide Hotline. They are open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. That number is one 800 273 Five five, one more time, one eight zero zero, two seven three, eight two, five five. Rain or shine, day or night, they got you. All right, and it's not. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in needing help or needing a resource or needing anything. Okay. In fact, it's a strength to be able to reach out for yourself. So find value in that because you deserve it. Okay. And we got your back. Now, boy, what a show today. <laughs> oh, my goodness. First of all, I just I just want to let her talk a little bit. Would you like to seduce the audience? Wait till you hear her voice. It is, you're going to be like, I'm sorry, will you stop talking and let her just talk? And that's exactly what I'm going to do, and you'll say why. Well, I think the problem is when anyone asks me to talk, I'm like, what do I say? <laughs> what do I say? I mean, my name is Katie. Um, I like to lose the power of speech when someone says, demonstrate your accent. Right. Well, um, how about this? How about you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from? Tell us a little bit about your background. Cool. Um, well, before I dive into the mental health side of things, I'll just say I am from England, obviously, um, and uh, Norfolk in particular, the countryside, east yeah. coast of England. Shout out. England East Coast. Woo! Woo yeah, it's um, you know, is that like the New York. Of no, no, no. Oh, okay, all right, got it. Norwich is like considered the Alabama of of like the inbred of the of the of England. <laughs> oh, unfortunately. oh shit! Okay, all it's right. It's like the it's you know <laughs> when I say I'm from Norwich, like oh, do you have six toes? Uh, so people, that's people are like, oh, you're wearing a hat because you have three eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's from your mother and your sister. Oh, they're the same person. <laughs> I mean, so, so yeah, that's that's where I'm it's from. Um, and then I'm uh, started playing the piano at six. So that was like wow. my big uh, thing. And I became, I studied uh, an international music school at 13. Went on, did my degree in music, did my masters in performance traveled the world and started becoming a concert pianist. Well, started becoming, became a concert pianist. Thank um, you. Which is what I do now. And I travel, I'm lucky enough to travel the world completely, like all seven continents, oh. including Antarctica, which is amazing. That's an, you've been to Antarctica? I have, yeah. What? Yeah. How have you been to Antarctica? So I was on a, a very small cruise ship that hired me to do my show on board. And I was on for 16 days and I did two shows. And the rest of the time I was a guest. So uh, I had a great time drinking martinis in the hot tub, humpback whales in the background, and it was, it was unreal. It was, I'm sorry, martinis and humpback whales in Antarctica? Yeah. Is yeah. that what you just said to me? That's, that's my life. You think you've had a bougie day. You think you have done something that nobody else has done. Find me somebody else who has had martinis with humpback whales no, in the free background. Too. Yeah. So, what? 
<laughs> yeah, I was all free on there. So. No, the only thing you were missing was a big fat joint. Uh, yeah, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no there was nothing. No. Oh my goodness, she she mentioned she is a concert pianist, and guys, I've got to tell you, she's absolutely unfucking believable. She is so good, and you know, the first time I ever heard her, she was high, high as, as balls, yeah, high <laughs> as fuck. At our party, at our open mic night. Oh, God. And just, like, uh, she was absolutely incredible. It was so much fun. It was such a good time. And you played, she played Flight of the Bumblebee high off her ass. Oh, so high. And there was, I mean, there was that decision moment when I started playing. And I was like, okay, oh, shit, I just got really high. Mm -hmm. I think, well, I guess I could just tell everyone that I'm really high right now, and we'll see what happens. Right. And I did, uh, and everyone laughed, and then I'm like, well, let's carry on, see what happens. Uh, <laughs> so I did, but I kept stopping again. And uh, we, it was incredible. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. She can play it. <coughs> she can play it. I That's the point, is that she can play it. So <coughs> I'd, I'd, I hadn't heard it in years, and she came through the house and played it. And I didn't know the entire lineup yet. <laughs> and then she came in, and she started the intro, and she said, "Hey, here's the thing. Didn't you start? Didn't you? Didn't you let everybody know that before you started? Didn't you let everybody know that that you were high as fuck? No, because I at that point was not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So give it me was some only walk when that I to like me. Did the first? I was doing the little chromatics down the piano." did the first trill to run up the piano and then it hit me in the face like a truck. And I just got like so high. And then I just thought, I don't know what's gonna happen now, but I'm in for it, I guess. And you got to what point in the song? You got to, did you get to halfway? So I know I stopped very early on. I stopped very early on um, to say, hey, guys, I'm high. And I carried on <laughs> and I was like, no, seriously, I'm fucking tripping balls right now. <laughs> and then I carried on and then I stopped again because I was like, Oh, I'm not stopping to say anything. This is actually a pause in the piece of music. But now I, well, now it's become a dramatic pause. God damn it. Like, I'm just going to carry on. <laughs> <laughs> and she crushed it, man. She fucking Apart from the last it. chord, which I absolutely fucked up. So I, like, uh -huh. hit that last chord, like, smudged it, and just went, fuck. <laughs> it was and it was incredible. I got the whole thing on video. I'm going to post it on my nope. social later. No. Nah. No, I can't. I'm no. not allowed to. No. She said I'm not allowed to. But we're going to watch it later and have a good laugh. So, uh, oh so you know, enjoy that. But, man, let's let's dive right into it because she's an yeah. absolutely incredible person. First of all, so blessed to have you here. Oh, yeah. Bradley. Woo! Bradley had gave me this suggestion and said we should talk. Katie's got this incredible story, as you know. Bradley's been on this show. Shout out to my guy Bradley. Hey, woof woof, woof woof. We love you. And uh, and he was totally right. Katie and I met, and and I've been blown ever since. She's an incredible person. I can't wait for you to hear her story, guys. And um, cheers. cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers to Blunt Talk. Mm. And thank you. you so much for having me as well. And of course, it is absolutely my pleasure. So we're talking about some real juicy shit today. We're yeah. diving right into it. So would you like to tell them about your medical diagnosis? Yeah, so I think um, I'm bipolar, bipolar 2. And I was diagnosed uh, only two years ago with bipolar. Mm -hmm. um, previously at 20, I had been diagnosed with depression. Um, now, right. what I don't know if people know, but what can be very common with bipolar, it is misdiagnosed. The diagnosis is missed in your teenage and your 20s. And it's not until you hit your 30s that you can actually get a proper diagnosis of it. Right. So that's obviously what happened to me. And when you look back on behavior patterns of your 20s and your, and your childhood, you see the bipolar tendencies. Right that are just not recognized. We're not, we're not trained to recognize them either. So, so I'm so curious. You said that um, with bipolar, it's not until your 30s, right, that, that often people you, start often to often you get, you get diagnosed correctly. Yeah. And, and why is that? If you can look back and see the symptoms, I'm so curious why the, why the doctors or, or therapists or whoever it was couldn't see it themselves. I think a lot of it is because, well, first of all, when you're going through your teenage years, like formative years, it can be hidden within puberty and being dramatic and, and like a lot of people, you right. know. Are, oh, she's just being a teenager. Yeah, well, she's just being over like enthusiastic or energetic if you're, if you're being manic. Um, and it's common for teenagers to be sullen and depressed and things like that. So, mm -hmm. But also 
you don't often exhibit the extreme symptoms until you get into your 30s. Like okay. I, for instance, did not have a full-blown manic stage until I was in my 30s two years ago. So like uh, in 2019 when I had, well, I had full-blown mania for five days um, and it was absolutely oh. fucking crazy. Like the craziest experience of my life because yeah. I just became somebody else entirely. Like somebody I don't really recognize. Like, like, wasn't you like but you can become so narcissistic you're so selfish you think you are the most talented hottest most amazing like you think you're the shit which is also like pretty fucking pretty amazing. fucking amazing <laughs> so hold you, on yeah yeah you're walking around <laughs> being like i'm the shit like, like, wow look at me i run this bitch but to the point that you are like you look down on everyone around you and start to well i started to consider them like they were pieces on a chessboard to me and mm -hmm. Manipulating them was, was became a game, became very fun. Right. And you lose all um, conscience for anyone's emotions, like anyone, your family, your mm. husband, anyone. You don't care. You, look, you don't care. You are only interested in your own gratification, what, however you may get that. Wow. Whether that means seducing someone, whether that means stealing, whether that means, you know, you will do whatever it takes to satisfy yourself and screw everyone else. But screw everyone else in like a, ha this is really fun way. Not in a way like, I'm intentionally trying to hurt you kind of way. No. It's in a way that's like, it's fine. I'm living my best life. You'll love and support me anyways, right? Yeah. Because um, you want me to be happy. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, you just wow. you, you just want to be happy. And Because what's happened in your brain is that your serotonin has just gone like rocketed sky high. Yeah. And you stop sleeping almost completely for days. Wow. Um, you stop eating. You become hypersexual which is an interesting one because you literally want to fuck everything. Anyone, everything, like they can be, wow. yeah, it's looking back, looking back on past experiences, like, <laughs> oh yeah, that time in my 20s when I <laughs> fucked that guy, I was definitely, definitely manic because that was gross. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so you can come pin back, pinpoint back in time and be like, yeah, I never would have fucking done that if I wasn't having it. Yeah, episode. that's what I tell myself anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I do the same thing with my devices, so yeah, I know yeah, what yeah. you mean. Oh, yeah. no, there was something wrong with me. I would never have gone there. No. <laughs> no. But uh, and so other symptoms are you talk to yourself a lot. Now, I know we all talk to ourselves in our heads. We have conversations. But I would be having full-blown conversations out loud with myself. So, like, and, and with several voices. And responding. Oh, yeah. With different be, voices and tones and accents? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'd be like, oh, Katie, what are you doing? Well, I don't know what you're doing. Is it fun today? I don't think it's fun today. Well, it might be fun today. What are you doing? You look grouchy. I'm not grouchy. You're grouchy. Oh, I'm smiling now. Oh, are you? Is that fake? Are you sarcastic? It would, <laughs> it, it would go on wow. and on and on, like constantly. You said for five days. Yeah. And you did not sleep. I think I slept. I had some sleep medication. Okay. Um, so I did sleep, like forced sleep. So while you were manic, you were able to have a cognitive thought and be like, you need to take these and sleep. Well, yeah, because I was doing a show like I was on a ship. <laughs> oh, wow. You were on a cruise ship. Yeah, so, oh, my God. Um, you were in the middle of the ocean. ocean. Yeah. Having was, a manic episode. Um, Having your first bus. manic episode. I can't believe you didn't jump off the fucking boat. Well, you probably wouldn't, though, because you love well, yourself. fantastic. And, and you <laughs> felt amazing. Why would I jump off the boat? I'm the best human being that's ever lived. It, and my wow. show was, I, I will say that like, my show was like, I was on cloud nine with my show. It was yeah. just, I felt untouchable. But then what starts to Amazing. happen is the edges start to fray around everything. It's almost like things like the nails start to come loose um, because you start to become very agitated. So you, you, you get very nerd, like agitated, like you can't focus on anything. You stop being able to focus. and Start to unhinge a little bit. Yeah, huh? and you have a conversation with someone and within two seconds, of, like if you start talking, immediately my brain, boring, you're boring, I want to go around and dance. I'm like dancing at this table, I might do something else, I'm just going to get a shot key card. And you cannot focus, you're just bored wow. and then you can't sit still and you have all this energy and you're, you pace and pace and pace and pace and you don't know what to do and then, you, and then again you're euphoric again, so then you're happy and flirty and silly and, and then you're it's just, it's just, mm. and in my particular story, which I don't mind sharing because, because my husband knows about this as well. And, and um, is that I took it on board myself to seduce the doctor. Um, now, bearing in mind, I was in a monogamous relationship at the time. So, and had never uh, gone like outside that monogamy. Right. But in my head, I was like, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just the doctor. It's just, right. It's just fun. Right. Like, I didn't care about Sean. I didn't care about my husband. I didn't care. Wow. 
about how it would hurt him or what his feelings were because all I cared about was my own kicks. So you just began it. And it's constant. It's not like you have those moments where you're like, oh, I'm feeling a carrot. And then you might have the regret about it, like the next day or an hour later. No. None. None? We become very manipulative. I used to, I became so manipulative, like very, very provocative, very like making up scenarios, making up stories. I mean, just downright like totally different person. Um, And then he kind of clocks, I think, that there was something wrong with me. The doctor. Yeah. Um, Because, well, (laughs) I, I tried to seduce him and he refused. Because he knew, like, you knew my marriage. And I've known him for years. Oh, so you knew this doctor. This yeah. wasn't just a no, random we strange... No. Oh, my God. We Look at the levels to this shit. Yeah, we were friends. Like, we've been friends for years. So it was... <laughs> and, we'd, you know, always been, always just been platonic friends. And all of a sudden, I start pushing the boat and start really... Because that was the game, so... Right. Um, and then... The whole thing was a game. Yeah. And then I tried and... He, he turned me down when I found it funny um, and got all pouty, I remember. And But but, but the fun and amusing wasn't like, oh, I was like, okay, well, whatever, you know, moving on. Um, and then he said to me, I remember distinctly, he looked me in the eye and he said, will you come and see me tomorrow? Um, and it was just a look, the look I remember of like, there's something not quite right going on here. Right, like, but, but you know what, I'm going to see if I can try to use this to help you. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, unfortunately, Smart. what happened then was, and I don't really remember everything that happened, and I think that's why our brain sometimes has a way of um, protecting us from trauma by... Definitely. Like, blacking it out a bit, so we mm-hmm. don't remember. Yep. But basically, I switched from being absolutely euphoric and happy to severely suicidal within 30 minutes. Within 30 minutes? Yeah. That's all it took? Yeah. It's okay, like, so it wasn't like a instant switch, like a light switch. It was like a... Eh. Well, it was a looking in the mirror as laughing, like hysterically okay. laughing. And then I just started to hysterically cry. But it's like I was crying, but like I could see my image was crying. I was mm-hmm. like, what's going on? But uh, that image was me. Right. But I didn't realize it was me. And then I was like, started to feel broken. And then the noise came. And uh, I'm sure, like, people can relate to this. It's like an angry darkness that's just loud and, and unmanageable and, and noise. You can't think. It fills your head. It fills your head. And all you want to do is fucking shut it up. And you try and you try. And, and my way to try was I tried to um, see if I could, like, have enough pills to kill myself and have enough alcohol. And I kept counting them out, and I didn't think I had enough. So I kept going back and forth being like, well, I don't want to do this half-heartedly I'm gonna, if I'm gonna go I'm gonna go right I'm gonna go all the way in I'm yeah. not gonna just like if I'm gonna do this shit I'm gonna do it I'm not gonna yeah and, and, and so <sighs> I had that battle I think for about an hour and then I made that reach and that's why I'd encourage anyone that is in that space and I know how hard it is because you are in that space and there's that noise and that darkness and all you want to do is the pain to end you want the pain to end and you don't care how and you just want it to end immediately it's not like you have cognitive thought or any reason or, or oh, but what about this person? What about that person? You don't have any of that going on. None of that is happening. No. All you have is the noise and the pain and, the, and just absolutely, like, dire. But I took the phone and I called the doctor and I was sobbing and I just said, I need you to stop me. And so he did. He took the nurses. They took me to the wing. They sedated me. Uh, <sighs> And then wow. I, I remember crying. I'd cried so much that my whole face was swollen. <laughs> like, oh, he probably was, was probably dehydrated. It was awful. And oh. they tried to get me to eat, and I wouldn't. And um, they kind of like force-fed me a bit. And then they tried to get me to take sedatives, and I wouldn't. So they injected me instead because I was being like. And then mm-hmm. I had to go to see a psychiatrist in Barbados. <laughs> so another unique. Escorted off the ship uh, by an ambulance. Um, which is mortifying. But I, at that point, I was so low, I didn't care. Yeah. Uh, so you don't care. You were getting help at that point, right? And you knew but it. But I didn't... Although I was getting help, it's like I didn't really want... I didn't want it. I still... Part of me was still like, I need to escape so I can kill myself. I need to get away from people because I need to kill myself. Like, I need to stop this. You were still in that space. Um, and unfortunately, I was in that space for a few days. Like, 
I just didn't want to live. I had no interest in living. And when people say, you know, oh, well, you know, you can't, I can't lose you. I'm like, it's not about you. It's not about you missing me. It's about me not wanting to be in life anymore. Right. And, uh, yeah, and then I, and that's when I was diagnosed after that back in the UK. And it was a great conversation with an hour and a half with a psychiatrist, which is brutal if anyone's ever done it, because a psychiatrist is not a therapist. They do not give a shit about your feelings. <sighs> yeah, that's, there's a difference. There's so a big difference. Yeah. They'll ask you like all the really invasive questions and they just want, literally want you to be yes or no. And, yeah, exactly. And it has to be honest in order to get help, right? Yeah, and you have to be honest. You have to be honest in that it's, it's like you're almost probably almost shaming yourself. Yeah, oh, and it's fucking embarrassing as well. Yeah, like when you come to I your right imagine. mind, they're picking out all your vulnerabilities and all you're like, have you ever done this? I'm like, yes. Have you ever done this? I'm like, yes. And have you ever, like, because another symptom of bipolar is, and one that's not talked about, is a fascination with wanting to hurt people, like kill people. Really? Or stab them or like violent thoughts. Like, For real? I used to have like, I used to go to bed when I was manic. Um, I'm like, okay, how am I going to get to sleep? Well, I'm going to imagine what it would be like to go and stab this person. And it would just be, and I, you know, and no, it's fucked up, so fucked up. Right, but that I, I had no idea that that was a side of bipolar. Yeah, and one of the two questions they ask you before they commit you, if they want to commit you, they ask you two questions. The doctors, they say, "Do you want to kill yourself?" And you can say, "No, or yes, obviously." Do you want to hurt someone else? And those are the only two questions they ask you. And if you say yes to either of them, you are put in. Uh, psychiatric care. Yeah, you're immediately admitted. And I lied when they said, do you want to hurt yourself? And I was like, no, because I wanted to go back to England. So I was like, and I guess like I did get, I did get through, I obviously got through it. They doubled the meds I was on. I was on antidepressants. So they immediately doubled those. Oh man. So they put me on a calm, calm straight, but, and it was insane. And then what came afterwards was an absolute fear of, the thought of being happy because the last time I was happy I became suicidal so I began to be really afraid to laugh because if I, felt, if I laugh I'm going manic and then if I'm manic I'm going to then go suicidal because it goes so quickly oh man so you couldn't you you literally couldn't even live like no. you couldn't be comfortable just existing because if anything brought you joy it's just a fear behind it's just it. a fear it's a you're afraid to to feel good yeah to be and happy that took a long time it took a long time to get past as well <sighs> so that was that was a, a tough one and likewise it comes with a depression a fear of well i've been in this teary space before right when is it going to spiral because it can spiral really 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 fast so there's that fear of like it's spiraling fast like, how do you recognize if it's going to go or if it's not going to go? Yeah, you, you, even you don't know the difference. No, no, I don't. Right. I, I have a checklist. Um, I'm on antipsychotics, and I'd advise anyone that is on, like, that does have bipolar or struggles with that, have a checklist, with te checklist with your loved ones as well, so you can recognize symptoms. So you can be like, oh, well, you start talking to yourself. You stop sleeping. You stop eating. You start wanting to have sex all of the time. Like, mm -hmm. and, like you wanna, and you want to fuck everything. Like this right. pillow. And it's like, you're like, yeah, I'll have sex with a pillow. It looks hot. Uh, um, and, and it's, We've all been there. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's perfectly normal. It's normal. Um, and you, you can start checking out points and then that's how you, yeah, how you manage it. What, that's okay. So let's do that really quick while we're here on that subject. Do you have some tips if there's anybody out there who might be struggling, who may be listening to us right now? Who has who thinks that they may be dealing with bipolar, or they may be misdiagnosed or whatever. What are some tools and tips, regardless of age, gender, you know, whatever, that they can put into practice in their lives that are simple and effective? I think um, becoming more, if you can become more self-aware of your behavior, it really, really helps because, mm -hmm. um, or notice, like, write down a list of what you notice could be behaviors that are. A little toxic or a little out of character mm -hmm. um definitely go and talk to a psychiatrist i know you don't want to because a lot of people are really afraid to go and get a diagnosis because no one wants the label of being mentally ill um and so you fight on and you and you fight Real. on but if you can talk to even a therapist and the therapist might guide you in the right direction i'm, I'm about therapy everyone should have therapy literally Listen, everyone <laughs> we just talked about this i recently started therapy this month it's changed my life yeah 
Everyone's change my relationships therapy. with myself, my relationships with the people in my life around me. Everything has completely changed, like just ups. So um, for real, there are resources out there, guys. Like there is no shame in going to therapy. No. It'll do you, it'll only do you good. Like it's hard to talk about shit. It is hard to talk about shit. It's that really is real. Hard, but it's easier to talk about it to a stranger than yes, it is with friends. It is so much <laughs> easier to talk about it with a stranger than it is with your friends sometimes. Um, another thing I would say that the problem with mania is that um, you lose your tether to reality in mania. So you will become manic and you will have no way of knowing you're manic because your mania is normal to you. Right. Um, so it's very hard to be in mania and be like, oh, I think I'm manic because you won't have that. You'll just be like, I'm normal. Um, and it takes someone else to point out like, by the way, super fun, but batshit crazy right now. Right. You're um, out of your fucking mind. Yeah. But, you need to relax. But I am kind of enjoying the ride because you're fun. Right, because you're a blast right yeah. now and like this is the best, but like, wow, just chill. I mean, I remember I went through a, a rough, uh, so you had Bradley on the show, I went through a rough, like a little bit of a manic phase not so long ago. Okay. And, uh, and Sean pre-warned him. I was saying, by the way, Katie's uh, she's a little bit manic. Like, just so just you be aware of that. And I got in the car. And he was like, hey, and I was like, hey. And then I was started talking about anything. Oh my God, I saw this today, I saw this squirrel. I'm like, oh my God, do you like golf? I've never played golf. But anyway, regardless of that, this squirrel, and he was just like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, what <laughs> the fuck, fuck is going on? Is like going on? Because you just talk, 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 for days. <laughs> wow. Don't sleep. Nope. No. I, I know I've said a lot. I said wow a lot on this show, but seriously, my mind is being is being open like crazy right now, and I'm just blown as fuck because I've known some people in my life who were diagnosed bipolar. How well? They, another thing is mania can manifest in a lot of different ways. Yes. Mine is particularly like the high euphoric, grandiose feelings, but my friend who is bipolar, her manifests in aggression. Okay. And rage, extreme rage, and that can be that can be popular too. Mm. So, and I've had it too. In my twenties, I definitely had the rage. And as a child, I used to have the rage. I used to um, steal glasses and Tupperware and, and and china from my parents' cabinets to take them outside so I could smash them on rocks. Mm. Just and I was just so angry. I just, just felt like, good. Yeah. Just, Fuck you, mum. And then, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I used to jump into bowls off of the stairs, like cereal bowls, and land in them with like just the pads of my feet. And that sounds just, like amazing, actually. No, it was so good. I can't even lie to you. It was so good. It's the, one of the weirdest things about me. Like but then with, it broke, and then my grandma got pissed, and then I was like, like with milk. No, just the bowl. I should have put milk in. The thing is, is I respected cereal way too much. Cereal was like sacred back then, so I couldn't fuck with it. But the bowl, like, man, fuck this bowl. We got like eight like this. I can just smash this I can bowl. just jump into this bowl I can just with my jump feet. into this bowl from like the fourth or fifth stair up. My full body weight's not going to crack that this. Is, that is stupid as fuck, but I love it. Like, <laughs> It is. That's some. That's one of the dumber things that my younger self has done, but. I think, I've yeah. never, t honestly, never talked about that before with anybody else in my fucking life. So thank, thank you for bringing me to that moment. That I'm was glad. I'm I so fucking glad. love that. That was amazing. Oh god. Um, but yeah. So talking about the rage, I once had a, a raging outfit on my birthday. I was so angry. I got so angry that I fainted. I was furious. That's possible. Fuming. Yeah, I was raging so hard and screaming so loud that my body just went, nope, and I fainted. Just everything was so tight that it just shut down. Yeah. It was like, we're not doing this. Wow. So a rage can be another symptom. So if you find yourself being like irrationally angry at things or wanting to explode or just being so furious, like that can be a, that can be a, a, a symptom of bipolar. Like don't think, you just think, well, people say I'm hot-headed or people say I have a bad temper or people say, yeah, you may be hot-headed and you may have a bad temper, but you may also... You may also be bipolar. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe go get looked at. Yeah. That's... Self-evaluate yourself, like always look in and be, and also always look in like, how am I happy? Like, is this rage coming from a place of like, of, of like self-hatred, for instance? Like I am unhappy with myself, I'm, I am happy with the people around me, am I happy with my job? Because happy people generally, if you're happy, you generally don't have 
angry thoughts or nasty thoughts to other people. And then if you're getting them, you've got to wonder why, if they're coming from nowhere as yeah. well. So, well, they say what they say, hurt people hurt people. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's absolutely, I would say that's 100% true. Like, huh? Right. Yeah, and that's that's definitely how I was. Like, the things I used to do in my 20s were awful, like, really awful. So now, before you were diagnosed properly, you would, you were just diagnosed with depression, right? Yeah. I've been there. It was the same thing. Diagnosed ADD, ADHD, depression, all of that stuff, and, you know... People are like, oh, you're just brilliant. But the doctor's like, oh, you're fucked up. Yeah. You know? Here, take these pills. <laughs> it was on fucking Ritalin and Adderon, Dextrim and shit. And it was cool, but, like, made me a zombie. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and the thing is, is you you realize the effects of this at first. So when you were diagnosed, you, you were misdiagnosed at a young age, you probably knew something was wrong. So I got diagnosed at 20, um, or just before I was turned 21. And the reason I did was because I was starting to, like, struggle to get out of bed at all, as a university. Right. And I stopped getting out of bed and I wanted to sleep. I just wanted to sleep, I was, I was getting behind on my work, and I started to have these really violent dreams, like extremely violent graphic dreams, of like me being like slit open with barbed wire, and like being- Damn. Like, yeah, I, I was like, dreams where I was sex trafficked, like, like dreams of immense fear, like horrible, horrible things happening to me, which is a symptom of depression. Mm -hmm. um, and and I used to, you know, do the falling dream and hit the ground, but hit the ground and, like... Die. Die and hit, feel the impact of hitting the ground. So you... Okay, so if you hit the ground in your dreams when you fall, you don't actually die in real life? Uh, no. I mean, oh, do you? No, maybe you do. Maybe I'm dead. No. Are we dead? <laughs> yeah, are we dead? Is this, a, this is a voice coming to Maybe we're dead. Yeah, show. okay, sure. We'll go with that. Um, I like that. What's the movie, though? That is from... If you die in the dream, you, Inception. Inception. Right. Yeah. Dream within a dream within a dream. Um, so that was, and that was, I was also getting irritable, like very irritable. Like someone would drop a pencil, like for fuck's sake, just hold the fucking pencil. What's wrong with you? And I was like, maybe an overreaction. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry I dropped this pencil. Yeah, I know. Chill the fuck out. Yeah. And the, so, nobody, nobody would notice that. People would just think you have rage issues. They'd just be like, you have rage problems. You have anger. Yeah, you have yeah, anger you're issues. Angry. What the fuck? Um, I was also being like horribly, horribly, horribly ostracized from my friendship group by my boyfriend's ex-girlfriend um, who took it like absolutely mm. decided to to um, take a vendetta out on me. Oh, that's helpful. So that didn't help either. And then I just, and was, my mom Isn't just college said, the greatest for shit like that? Oh God, it's so yeah, bad. We all learn. My, yeah, I wouldn't get back there when people are like, oh, I want to go back to college. I'm like, fuck that. No, thanks. Yeah. And my mom just said, I think you should go and see a doctor. Okay. And I did, and they immediately died. like I did the questionnaire, and I I just like yes, yeah. Like it's so easy. Yes, and all the symptoms, but they they do manage to um, narrow down a lot of the symptoms. Okay, and, that's fair. Yeah, and I did, and and you, it's often it's a scale of one to ten, like one to ten, like how how do you feel worthless? Mm -hmm. You know, do you feel insignificant? Do you um, do you struggle to get out of bed? Do you? And so it's mm -hmm. a lot. You know, is brushing your teeth in the morning a task? Like a uh, sometimes I find for me getting up and brushing my teeth is an achievement of my day like that is something that I feel if I can get do that and wash my hair sometimes that's enough in a day it is I making think. your bed brushing your teeth you gotta start with small wins at the exactly. beginning of the day yeah. if you don't start in the day and feel like you're winning and doing some shit right to start it off you're never gonna be good enough to yourself in the middle of the day you're not just gonna all of a sudden be like you know what no I'm crushing it right now like, it's mo it's about momentum. People forget that. Yeah, and if you have a rough day, accept that you're going to have a rough day. Let it be. Like, and do cry. small Right, and do small things that are progress. Yeah. So many people out there don't understand with things like depression and you're having a bad day or, or this and that. Sometimes you become immobilized with your yeah. fears and your shit, and that's okay. But what you got to understand is that there are still ways to move forward and make progress. Yeah, always, always. And if you can, like... Be kind to yourself. Just yeah. be, love yourself. Love yourself because um, I honestly feel like I believe in that energy that you can, you know, if you're going to bring positive energy to something, to yourself, you're going to, it's going to, you start going to healing anyway. You're going to have right. that, that sort of. But I saw so I got diagnosed depression and then in my 20s, well, I did some crazy fucking shit. Like, <laughs> I, uh, I was not the most stable of people in my 20s. So, um, um, hold on, I'm sorry. Raise your hands if uh, you're stable in your 20s. 
Anybody? Uh, you don't see any hands around. It's just you and me. So I'm like, right? Yeah, no, no. It's that's that's normal. But I had, <laughs> I had this boyfriend. Okay, and I dated him for three months. So we weren't really exactly long term. Um, and he lived in Wales, and I lived in England, and that's about a seven-hour drive from each other. Um, that's anyway, he broke up with me, and I was like, "Oh God, well, that's awful. Maybe I just need to talk to him. He just needs to talk to me, right? I'll drive to Wales." Like, so it's like Sunday at like 4 p.m., and I'm like, "I'll just drive to Wales. Like that's a good idea." So I did. I sang the Lion King the whole way, like out loud. I'm like, "Ah, Like she was just. In it. I was in it. I, <laughs> I get to Wales, okay? I, I text him. I'm like, hey, I just think we could chat. I'm in Wales. He's like, Katie, I'm in London. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, on my way. <laughs> and he's like, why, why are you in Wales? I'm like, I just thought we should talk. He's like, that's not... The, I mean, I, you didn't even ask me. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I just drive home. So I drove home singing The Lion King the whole the way. Whole way. <laughs> Damn, you and the Lion King got really close that day. Yeah, we did. Like, 15 hours on the road total. Um, and like it was nothing, huh? Like it was nothing, and it was just... that was So that was like a symptom of, oh, I think she may have been manic. Like, <laughs> committed well, to the cause. But. Well, and you met... you. We had talked about how you... Before you were diagnosed correctly to get the right medication, you went through a phase with... MDMA. Oh, yeah. Where you were self-dosing because... It felt good. <laughs> it felt good. It just, you know, it just like, it just felt good. So talk, talk a little bit about that. Well, I was always late to the party with doing drugs anyway, like coming in. No drugs. such thing. I was like, it was, it was, a, it was a late bloomer um, in everything. I was still like climbing trees and with imaginary friends at like 14. So I was like. Um, well, that's how you know you're doing it for real. Yeah. So <laughs> congratulations. Thanks. Um, and then I got into MDMA um, just because I was curious. I was curious to see how it is. I always heard about it. My sister said it was fun. And I'm like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. And the first time I took it, nothing happened. Nothing happened at all. Um, the second time I took it, it still didn't feel a thing. The third time I took it, and bearing in mind we're taking it every week, right? Okay. <laughs> <The third> Continuously, <laughs> in a row. The third time I took it, I got high and I rolled. And then I'm like, this is fucking fantastic. Why would I not do this every day? Every day. <laughs> um, and I realized that you can't do it every day. No. I realized that you could do it every weekend, which you actually can't do that either. <laughs> like Looking back on that idea. Um, but I did because it was a way for me to feel really good. And yes, sometimes when you, I think the an issue with people who are bipolar, uh, mania is such a drug. Mania is so good. It, you feel so good that you miss it when you get put on meds. Mm. Okay. And one of the most common problems with people with bipolar is they will take themselves off their medication. Just because they want to feel that high, high again. Because it's the best high of your life. You never have a drug high like it. Wow. Like never. I've never had a drug high like it before. You have never had a high like mania gives you. No. Damn. No, like body and soul. Damn. I'm like, yeah. So it's, That shit is nuts, y'all. Yeah. That shit is nuts. It's, it's, it's so good. <laughs> I you could like, bottle it and sell it. I know. I realize like I'm selling bipolar now. Like people are like getting on Google, like how do I become bipolar? Yeah, it's like uh, we'll take a shit ton of MDMA and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, um, right. But for like days in a row, no, yeah. don't do that. Come on, no, don't, don't do, do that. that. Don't your do body that. can't no, handle that. that. Be responsible with your usage of the medicine yeah. and, and be was, intentional. And I was not responsible, and so I started taking it every weekend. Um, and I would take quite high doses because I have high tolerance to these things. Mm -hmm. um, and just started having. Really bad come downs, like Ooh. really bad come downs. Like uh, one week, I got obsessed that my all my teeth are falling out, and I kept like shaking them and just grabbing them and being like, "They're gonna fall out. They're gonna fall out. They're gonna fall out. They're gonna fall out. They're gonna fall out." Like com like paranoia to uh, like a whole new level of paranoia. Um, Good. Yeah, and, wow. and just being like so anxious, so cripplingly anxious, and then being like, "But it's all right. Like we'll we'll do you know I'll, we'll do MDNA this weekend." So it'll be fine, and I'll get back to being high. Yeah, we'll get back to normal life, what, how we want to feel. And then the problem is it, it gets it starts to have less and less of an effect because you're really running your out of your serotonin. Gets it and you're running out of that serotonin real quick. So then I started, like, throwing coke in as well to the bag because um, I'm like, well, let's, like, try and up the ante sort of thing. Right. Well, if we had to add something to this cocktail, what would it be? 
Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Well, I'll do that. Um, and then that had really adverse effects for me getting very sick, um, like vomiting, very, very sick. And I ended up in urgent care. Believe that. Um, uh, with an, so, so dehydrated that they put two IV bags in me because I'd been throwing up for 12 hours. One in each arm? Uh, yeah. I had wow, you're just like double slinging <laughs> here. And there's a photo of me and I'm literally like, ugh. I'm like, it's not a good photo. Not a good photo. Um, She's double fisting. Oh, IVs. That, that means something else in the UK. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> it means like, you know, when you're like... Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Got it. Well. <laughs> so I was definitely not doing that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it was, it, was, it was bad. And then I realized I need to stop abusing, abusing that and abusing myself. Um, and I went back on my antidepressants because um, I was off them at the time. So, um, and then stopped doing Molly and, and have not done it now in a couple of years because I can't do it anymore, unfortunately. Oh, you know, it does have no effect. Not with, not with my drugs, unfortunately. Wow. Well, you'd, you'd probably, you'd have to take yourself off, I'm sure, and it would be a whole thing. Now, and you're consciously on your meds by choice doing that thing, right? It's like... Is, is that a thing where you're like, it's safer to me, you're on this cocktail now, how, is, how does it feel for you, or is that something you'd like to try to find a natural way to get yourself off of too? I would, I, you know, I think the problem with being on like these medications is you feel that like, well, my brain is so broken mm -hmm. that I need synthesized chemical things that come with side effects and that um, are not natural. Uh, to balance, but unfortunately, at this point in time, I'm not capable of living, physically living a life without them, like functioning. Mm. Like I cannot function. Like I will, and I will hurt someone, or I will hurt myself. And that was became apparent two years ago when when I had my episode, and I where I went all crazy, and then and then I have since had another manic episode. Where, oh, okay. But it was okay. it was spotted, and my meds were doubled straight away. Okay. Okay. Very so. good. That's good. I'm glad they caught it. Yeah, and I'm actually just coming out of a depressive episode, which sucks too. It does. Yep. Um, which, you know, I'm sure, like, for those out of you that suffer from depression, it's, you know, crying for absolutely no reason. Like, that's a tough one because people will be like, oh, it's okay. I'm like, no, it isn't. They're like, what's it's the matter? It's not okay. Nothing. Nothing's the matter. Nothing I'm just is the matter. crying. I just, just fucking sucks. Yeah, everything's I'm just sad. I'm just depressed. I'm just... Like, but, but your life is good. I know it's good. I know. It has nothing to do with it. You do not understand. I had, I woke up, it's so funny you say that. I woke up this morning and was staring at the ceiling for a couple hours and I sat up in bed and I just kind of sat on the edge of the bed with the feet on the edge of the bed. I grabbed my water and, you know, Farron leaned over and started to rub my back and she was just kind of like, what's up, babe? And I said, you know, I think I might be depressed. Mm-hmm. She said, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, I just like, I, anybody who knows me, I'm normally such like a, yeah, fuck yeah, bam, bam. Like, yeah, no, that's what Zeus does. Like, I'll fire from the hip. Like, just you the man. You come in, raise the energy, whatever, this and that. I just, I woke up and just felt gray. And that good, is essentially description the of it, only way I can feel it, describe it is that I, like, I just feel gray when I feel depressed. And I'm trying to find the color. I'm trying to get back yeah. to the color in my life. And it's so hard because, um, you know, only certain things do that for, and it's different for everybody. Yeah. This is what you got to understand right now about depression. Depression affects everybody differently and everybody comes out of it in a different way by doing different shit. And you can come out of it. As well. Yes, you can, but it's going to take a little work and it's going to take time and space and that is the only thing you can't buy and you just got to allow. And it's hard. But fuck, is it worth it? Absolutely, yeah, it is worth so it. So worth it. But I do definitely feel like I would like to be able to make a piece with the way my brain works chemically mm -hmm. without having to alter it um, with with these drugs, with these, with these strong drugs that... I mean, I was on my first meds for bipolar were called Lanzapine, and they made me so tired that I would sleep 15, 16 hours a night and then need a three-hour nap in the day. Damn! And I was just like... I was what, just, what, are you awake for five hours a day? Yeah, and I was just groggy for all of that as well. And I also gained weight, and I hated that, so yeah. I, I uh, took myself off. I, no, I got them changed to something else. Um, Not the biggest opioids fan. 
now. And now I'm on Ambilify, which I think is great because it sounds like a magic spell. Ambilify. Ambilify. Yeah, it's like Harry Potter was all about it. And Um, what does Ambilify do for you? It's an antipsychotic, and it definitely just makes me, um, it just like brings down and brings up the... uh, psychosis behavior i guess okay the kind of kind of reins it in a little bit if you yeah. will order or you know and it's used for bipolar and schizophrenic schizophrenia mm-hmm. um and so it just it just brings in those those moments where your brain just kind of goes like and you kind of start thinking like uh maybe i'll kill the cats uh, <laughs> like I mean, like crazy shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like thinking, oh, that's not a normal thought, is it? No, it is not. No, I'm having a conversation with myself again. Damn it! Um, Here we are again, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. And it's like, yeah. So there's that, um, and it just takes those things away. So it's mm-hmm. a nice. I like it. It's working for me right now. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. And uh, like I said, I I would have never known, never fucking known, until. We got together and had that conversation the other day. And because Bradley didn't tell me. No, I mean, yeah. You know, he, he was like, no, 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 it's not my story to share, which yeah. big love. Yeah. Big fucking big love. love for that, you know? But when we talked, I was like, oh, shit. You know, you, she, she had mentioned, she said, well, I don't do a ton of like, I don't smoke a lot of weed because it kind of makes things, changes it, it things for me. It makes me psychotic. Yeah, it yeah. makes you psychotic and things like that. And I said, yo, 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 that's fine. It doesn't matter. You've got this incredible story to tell because nobody would ever have any idea. Because like I said, she came to our party, this concert pianist, this master of her craft, oh. and just dominated High as Balls, one of the most <laughs> difficult songs on the instrument. <laughs> and we were like, holy shit. <laughs> You know, so it's it's to bring awareness because, like she said earlier, this stuff is getting misdiagnosed yep. left and right. Yep, absolutely. And nobody's talking about it, are they? And I think the absolute the critical thing no one talks about is it when it manifests in children, um, like having those thoughts as children or having that the rage I used to have as a child. My parents just assumed that I was like, oh, Katie, she's just short tempered and bad tempered. But I look back and it was just like, apparently I was three and my granny asked, she's like, why did you get so angry? And I just said, I don't know, granny. Like, it's just inside me and everything just boils to a point and then I just have to let it out. And like, that is basically, you know, having those extreme things. And uh, But I'm against, I am against taking a child, which is what I think happened to you, and then throwing medicine at them, just throwing all the drugs at them. Just throwing something at the wall until it sticks. Yeah. Because something's wrong with this kid, but we're not going to take the time to figure it out. No. We're no. just going to throw pills at you yep. until the thing goes away, which is what the fuck? Yeah, I think that's terrible. That's just fucking traumatic because people lose their sense of selves when they're on medication. And it's such a fucking journey back that nobody who hasn't done it before could possibly understand. No, and I think that's another hard thing with when you have depression is that if you don't have a friend or a family member that has suffered or does suffer, it's very hard to communicate to them that you are depressed, um, that you're not just having a bad day, that you're not just like, you know, having, well, you're just a bit so down. So fucking sick of that per, shit. Up, you'll be fine. Like, go for a walk. Um, Get outside. Yeah. And like, for me, it's like, yeah, I got to go to the gym. And angrily move weight around. I don't know what it is. I have to put my body through some kind of trial. And then, like, after that, do, like, brutal, like, Stairmaster cardio for, like, 15, 20 minutes. And, like, my whole body is going to be in pain the next day. And when I wake up the next day, I'm going to be like, oh, what the fuck, bro? Like, what? What did I do? What did you do this for? And I'm like, oh, yeah, because I needed to move through that energy in the minute. And if I didn't, it was going to completely destroy my day and my world around me. And for me, it's piano. I will go and sit and play the piano. Whether I create, whether I write, whether I beat the shit out of it, play That's some beautiful. lists where I like. Beautiful. Where I, or where I play something like really, really sad and slow. Yeah. Um, that's how I let, again, to my creative space, I let, I let my emotions flow, flow, mm. flow through music. So that's that's my therapy. That's one of my therapies. Oh, what do they say? Music is the fruit of life, or something. Fruit like of love. That. Music is the fruit of love. It's an. It it's is so play on. Yeah. So real. So play on. It is so so fucking real. But I will say, a lot of people, again, when you get put on meds, sometimes lose your connection to creativity, uh, which is a hard thing too. Very hard. 
Um, and I definitely did feel that when I first was started. I'm feeling I'm getting it back now. Um, but I definitely felt a block, emotional block. Like I stopped getting nervous before I went on stage. And I just liked that. I mean, it's good for control, but it's really bad for like mm. energy. Anywhere else? It's sociopathic. On stage performing? Fucking genius, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> definitely. But so yeah, it's been a it's a journey and I'm still discovering so much about myself, which is great. And I'm still open to discovering myself as well. And I'm I'm more I'm becoming more spiritual, I wanna say. Um but I'm, yeah. I'm beginning to get into my body and into my mind and into into things that are are really um like centering what I can identify as myself, the world around me, how I can like flow with it, react to it and work with it. Yeah. Look, you are an incredible light oh, of a you. person. I just want you to know that. You got to say that. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story today and being willing to be vulnerable and bring this up. Guys, this is an incredibly fucking difficult conversation. This is... I, I said, wow, what, 10,000 times a day? Because it is just... <laughs> The the the, vul- the level of vulnerability. I've said this. I've discovered this phrase the other night. It just appeared in my mind. Humanity is inspiring. Yeah. Humanity at its core is inspiring, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, everybody has a story. Everybody can offer help and advice in some way that they don't know. Yeah. Which is what I want to leave with. Give me some advice, real quick, for people who may be out there struggling. If you got any advice, what would you say? If you met somebody on the street who said, "What I'm going through something right now, can you help me? Yeah, I would just say you need to talk to someone. Like, please, please, please go and talk to someone and please reconcile in yourself. Reconcile in yourself that, like, you you just, whether it be a friend, and be honest, be honest that you're going through something as well. Please. Like, recognize yourself in yourself that you need help. Like, you might need help and that's okay. That's 100% okay. Go... It's okay to need help. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. Like, be vulnerable. Facts. And and you have no idea that you being vulnerable might actually help someone else be vulnerable back as well or let them open up or make them feel better. And sometimes, but just talk, talk, talk. Open the communication channels and and go and go and do it whether it be a first of all first step a friend talk to your cat for all i care like at the beginning the beginning of it like start off yeah. like slow and but but start vocalizing everything within yourself yeah and then baby steps baby steps give it time be patient with yourself it's part of it that's part of the journey is it's a it's a it's a patient thing katie where can they find you on social media on the internet to find your incredible performance skills and a little more about you um, so I'm really, really horrible at social media, but I'm trying to get better. So um, you can find me at Katie Clark Piano on Instagram, which is mainly what I do. Um, and then Katie Clark on YouTube is just... And it's Clark with an E, C-L-A-R-K-E, is, Katie yeah. Clark. Yeah. It has been such a pleasure to have you on it's been today. awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming and sharing your story, guys. Please look her up. She's absolutely phenomenal. Look, and we want to leave you with this. Look, wherever you are right now, whatever you're going through, no matter what life has handed you, you are enough and you matter. And we love you. You are loved. You are loved. And we will see you next time. Peace. Bye. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.